The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. You know, um, I've heard some blessings go out to Metalart Lemon. Um, rest in peace. Uh, Metalot Lemon was truly a, a legend in, in, the, in the world of sports. Um, Column Globetrotters to this day are still running strong. Uh, I had a chance to meet the Harlem Globetrotters uh, without Metalot Lemon when I lived in Milan, Italy. They were in the same city that I was in. We were in the same nightclub one night. It was a beautiful experience. Um, but, you know, when you think about the Harlem Globetrotters and all that they did for... Um, for basketball, all that they did for um, uh, equal rights for black people, because before the NBA, a lot of the, a lot of the great players, even Wilt Chamberlain, played for the Harlem Globetrotters because they made more money playing for the Harlem Globetrotters than they did in the NBA. And you know, I, I guess my point is is that after all of this, and you know, this man had to see some of the, you know, the strongest racism of of any man. Um, um, hey, he went to FAMU University because he could never have gone to a black college during his time. Um, he he probably and he endured a lot of racism because I'm sure he went to a lot of hotels and restaurants where he could not eat. He had to go to the back door or the side door or, or some kind of door to get in. And then, you know, I guess I get curious from time to time. I just want to look up. Metalot Lemon's wife, you know, and uh, and I, what's up? What's up with Metalot Lemon's wife? Who does he leave his his um his two million dollars to? And lo and behold, Metalot Lemon's wife is a white lady, and it just just took me by by surprise. I don't know, you know, I just I can't I can't it's, I find it hard to see um, this this man of any man not not and I'm not and by no means am I against race um against um, marriage of different races by no means. My, not saying that. I guess I just find it kind of hard to see um, this man to know all that he had to endure in his life to um, to be married to a white lady. You know, I guess. And hey, but hey, let's get on with some world. Let's get on with the world of sports. We've got. I've gotten that off my chest. Probably should have saved that. But hey, guys, um, Bill Belichick is out again, trying to outsmart himself. And hey, he's outsmarting his own team. You know, Bill Belichick took the Jets into overtime yesterday, and a lot of people thought that hey, when you get a, when you have a chance to go into overtime and you have the toss, 
you always take the ball because the team that scores a touchdown first in overtime is the winner. Well, Coach Belichick decided that he wanted to play the field position, and um, he decided to kick off. Belichick said that that's what he had planned to do from the onset, and I believe Coach Belichick, he wanted to play the field position. Now, Coach Belichick said that they didn't get it right with the kicking of the ball, and you can hear the guy um, you can hear the guy that was taking the toss for, for the Patriots saying, hey, we want to kick the ball in this direction. Well, the referee didn't really, I think he'd already made his mind up or something, and they didn't get a chance to kick the ball in the direction that they wanted to. Maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe it didn't. I'm not so sure. However, when, when you look at this game and when we look at, um, at what the New England Patriots are dealing with, without Julian Edelman and uh, without and without Gronkowski and without a lot of players to take the Jets into overtime. And this is a team that we probably look at as being a possible, um, a, a possible playoff team um, in the, in the, um, in the NFL this, this year without Edelman with, with, without Amendola. Hey, and they still take them into overtime. Wow. I think that's that's quite an accomplishment for for New England and Belichick, but really, can we expect New England to be a formidable po- uh, opponent in the playoffs if they're struggling now with the Jets? And can we really think that um, that the New England Patriots are going to be able to come back this year? And um, and be the team that they were last year in the Super Bowl, and I, I just find it really difficult to think that um, you know when when we have Stephen Jackson back in the fold who hasn't played at all this year, um, Brandon LaFell, he's he's still um, not doing what they want him to do. Five five receptions, thirty yards. And I take that back. Rob Gronkowski played yesterday, but only had four receptions for 86 yards. And when you don't have Edelman and Amendola, and Rob Gronkowski is just, he gets triple teamed during these type, type of games. So it's going to be tough for New England to, to come through. And um, it's really going to be tough for them to play without Amendola and um, Edelman. But on the other hand, when we look at the New England Patriots, can they win with Ryan Fitzpatrick as their quarterback? Really? I mean, can, can, can we expect this team to win with, with Fitzpatrick as their quarterback? And I know when we get in the playoffs, the deeper we get into the playoffs, the more you have to count on running the ball, without a doubt. But can Ryan Fitzpatrick lead a team to the to the Super Bowl. And yesterday he threw three touchdowns, no interceptions, uh twenty six of forty one for two ninety six. And and I guess when you have this kid Brandon um Brandon Marshall playing the way he's playing, uh eight receptions, hundred and fifteen yards, and and listen, you know, and Brandon Brandon Marshall was only targeted ten times, you know, and we and and, and we hear a lot of talk about Eric Decker, Eric Decker. Eric Decker, three receptions, 40, 47 yards. He had a touchdown of one of those receptions, but this guy is, is, is not a real complimentary receiver for Brandon Marshall on the other side. He, 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 the speed is gone, and when he's only targeted six times and only catch 
um, three passes. That's I think we're looking for a little bit more to compliment Brandon Marshall. And and Chris Ivory is, is still a hard, hard running back. But um can he really can he really be what um what we think he should be? Uh I don't know. I don't know if he can take this team deep into the playoffs. I just I don't I'm not sure about that. But hey, we'll see. And the playoffs are right around the corner. Um matter of fact, New England is is they, they're definitely playoff bound. Um, Belichick, he's a playoff coach. He's going to find a way for this team to make it um, to the playoffs without a doubt. Yep. Hey, and let's talk about this. You know, Cam Newton yesterday, he lost first game of the season. Uh, the Carolina Panthers went down to the Atlanta Falcons. And I guess we don't really understand what a big rivalry game this had to be. Um, not only for the Atlanta Falcons, but for Cam Newton going home. Uh, he's from Atlanta. Uh, it meant a lot to him. I had to going back home. I'm sure he had a lot of family and friends there um, ready for him to to play in this game. Uh, it was, he, I hate to say uh, distractions, but I think sometimes when we go home, it can be a distraction because, you you thinking about um, seeing maybe your grandmother or your grand aunt that you haven't seen in a, in a in a long time because you haven't had a chance to come home and and she's coming to the game to see you. So I think those kind of things can be a distraction. I I don't want to use that as as an excuse for Cam Newton and uh, and the Carolina Panthers. However, um, the Carolina Panthers they didn't have a very good game yesterday and. When we look at look at the Carolina Panthers without um, Stewart in the running game, they have a tough time. Uh, Cam Newton is Superman, we call him that, but when he has a thirty nine point two QBR rating, um, that's not that's not going to cut it. And when he goes seventeen for thirty for one hundred and forty two yards, no TDs, that's just not going to cut it. I mean, you know, I, we we've all we've we said this many times throughout the year that he doesn't have a lot of weapons to throw to. But uh, maybe maybe that's, that's becoming a, a lot more true than we think it is um, because Greg Olson, 40, four catches, 40 yards, uh, that's, that's his leading receiver. That's, that's just not going to get it. And uh, Ted Ginn Jr. has come up with a lot of big plays this season, but uh, one, one catch, nine yards, only three targets, that's just not um, going to get it, and that's just not going to cut it. And and when we look at the Atlanta Falcons, a team that's really struggling and on the verge of being knocked out of the playoffs, and this is a team that really um, has has made themselves playoff contenders. At the same time, it might be a little bit too late, too too little, too late, because they only have one more game. And and when you start putting your playoff um, Hopes in the other people's hand whether another team has to win in order, in order for you to make it in. Um, that's that's a little too tough. And eight and seven right now is just not good enough to make it into the playoffs. We're looking at at least ten wins, and I don't think the Falcons are gonna gonna have a chance to make it into the into the playoffs. But um, now the conversation is: Is Cam Newton the MVP? 
You know, with one loss, we're already saying he may not be the MVP. Come on, give this brother a chance. I think the game in Atlanta in his hometown had a little bit to do with him not playing so well. And maybe he tried a little too hard. But Carson Palmer um, already has two losses. And and, and Carson Palmer, we all know we're lucky to see him um, standing up because he's had a history of injuries and – and and let's don't get it wrong. You know the the, um, the Cardinals are playing very very good football right now, but I can't see Carson Palmer uh, being uh, considered the MVP over Cam Newton uh, this year. Especially Cam Newton was almost was in contention of doing something very very special, having an undefeated season. And right now fourteen and one, um, that's that's nothing. To, uh, that's that's nothing. To, uh, to, you know, nothing to frown at, you know. But Carson Palmer yesterday went 18 of 27 for 256, two touchdowns and an interception, a quarterback rating of 74.7. And um, I guess when I look at Carson Palmer, he has weapons. And uh, a lot of us thought Larry Fitzgerald was, you know, not not playing like the Larry Fitzgerald of old. And he he's he's doing a lot of good things, making blocks for long runs for this team. Um, but Michael Floyd has truly turned into the number one receiver for the for the Arizona Cardinals, and he is a difference maker for this team. Uh, this guy can can he's he's big, he's fast, he's agile. Uh, he's that he's that old Larry Fitzgerald, the guy that we used to see uh, in Larry Fitzgerald. But uh, Michael Floyd is is the real deal, and I see him really taking the torch from uh, Fitzgerald and uh, and turning into the go-to guy for uh, for the Cardinals. And when we look on the other hand, wow, I don't think I've seen a worse performance by Aaron Rodgers uh, in my life. I mean, yesterday, um, fifteen or twenty-eight. Uh, 151 yards, uh, one TD, one interception, a quarterback rating of 9.4. That that's hard to understand that someone could have a rating that low. When we when we always can talked about this guy as as that man, that guy, and Aaron Rodgers, uh, 9.4, not 9.9.4, 9.4, less than 10. Um, and Eddie Lacy, I, you know, here's a guy that I, when we talk about running backs, I've said it many times before. We see them, and they are, they are, um, they're, they're too physical for for their own good. I mean, they run so hard that they hurt people, but they hurt themselves. And then when then when it's crunch time, late in the season, when we really need them, they're nowhere to, they're nowhere to be seen because. Their ankles, their knees, their thighs, their hips, their everything's hurting because they're lowering the boom. They're lowering the boom on everybody and getting the boom laid on them all the time. And and he he's a guy that's going to probably have these same problems uh, all of his career. And and his counterpart, um, John Starks, they don't get out of anybody's way. They run over people. They jump over people. They kick people, hit people. They're never avoiding anybody, and, uh, and, it, and it takes its toll on them. And, uh, and now we're seeing um, here, here's another Alabama running back running like they ran in college, and you just can't run like that um, 
in in the NFL, they'll hurt you. I mean, these guys these guys are out for blood every week. And I hope I hope um I hope Henry, the the Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama, doesn't come into the league like this. I hope he comes in the league running like Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson didn't like to get hit. He he avoided people. I mean, he didn't. He ran around people, ran through people. He he didn't run through people. He ran around people. He avoided contact. These guys are just almost like they they are what they are. They're battering rams, and they're not any good late in the season. And when we need them. They're nowhere to be seen. So, um, uh, Mike McCarthy, take another note from this. Find running backs that make avoid people, and it's good to have these big guys that run through people, but you have to have a variety of running backs, and you have to use four or five running backs. You cannot use these two guys and think that they're, they're going to be the uh, do-all, end-all, because it's just not going to happen. Hey, guys. We're going to look at the NFL playoff picture. Some of these teams have already clinched positions in the playoffs. Will they rest their starters? Some of these teams still have to win. Some Pittsburgh still is one of them. Big Ben, how could you let it slide yesterday? Hey, guys, we'll be back with more sports info after these messages. See you on the other side. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready for our annual holiday gift guide as we go hunting for the holidays this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, presented by Outdoor Channel. Joining the boys will be Dave Matheny from Salinger Shop, Jana Waller of Skullbound TV, World Fishing Network's Larissa Switlick, Joel Weens with WSI Sports, and our very own Mrs. Bunny. From new firearms to suppressors, optics to base layers, we'll cover it all to help you outfit that special hunter in your life. And it's presented by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on The Voice America Sports Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. 
That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. We have Kenny on the line from D.C. Kenny, what's going on? Not too much, Bill. How's it going? Hey, loving life here in Florida, man. I'm down here sweating. It's like 76 degrees. Even at night, it's in the 70s here in Florida. How's the weather in Washington? It's a little chilly here, man. We just had about a 25-degree drop-off from yesterday to today. Wow. So what is it in the 30s or the 40s? Uh, it's in the, I would say, the mid to low 40s tonight. Okay, okay. I could tolerate the mid to low 40s. Yeah, I like it when it gets in the 40s here. Anything lower than that, I'm, I'm gonna get a, I get a little sketchy. You know, when it gets in the 30s here in Florida, have problems with that. <laughs> well, it shouldn't be in the 70s in Washington during December. But right now, we were getting that the last couple of days. Yeah, and you know, it almost makes me think about some of this global warming stuff from time to time. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it is some truth to that. Hey, but Kenny, let's talk about some global warming. That Robert Griffin, man, he just he just cooled off. I mean, he went from lukewarm to just almost cold. Used to talk a lot. His mouth was in the news. If he wasn't on TMZ, he was on ESPN or some mm-hmm. kind of show. And now we hear nothing from Robert. He used to be Robert Griffin III, but now around here we just call him Robert. That dude, Robert, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> well, they called him Robert Jeff Griffin III, RG3, while he was here. And you're right. If they call him at all, they just call him Robert. Right. He's just Robert now, you know. So, hey, now what's, what's up the, with Robert? I listen to the sports shows here, and I don't know... Um, you know, obviously I have my own conspiracies, but I, let me go on record for saying I don't think he got a fair shot this second, you know, his second go-round after the injury. I don't know what he did to get under the coach's skin or his players or his teammates' skin, uh, more to speak, because those last few preseason games where he just got sacked over and over and over, I doubt if the coach had ever had any thought of playing that boy full time during the year. I think he put him out there and he completely undressed that boy uh, after one of the games. I'm sorry, a young man after one of the games where he just pointed out every deficiency that he could possibly point out. But on the flip side of that, the first, say, seven or eight games of Kirk Cousins' career, or this year, he didn't undress Kirk like that. He made excuses for him from the balls being wet to his windy to receivers falling down or slipping. He did everything he could to protect Kirk Cousins. Now, I feel like if Robert Griffith or any other player could be guided and shielded from criticism, the way that that coach did that for Kirk those first six to seven games, I think any player would be all right. Any player would at least have some confidence. So, in my opinion, Gruden decided some time ago that I'm not going to play this boy. And he get you know he put him out there to fail. Now, I don't think Griffin helps himself by doing foolish things. From what I understand, like coming to the game with the owner, um, his father using the same terminology when talking to the coach that the owner uses. And I just think they alien he alienated himself from the team and from the coaching staff. Period. Well, Kenny, I would agree with you. 
and and I agree with you about how the coach kind of left him out to dry. But yeah. you ever you ever had a job when when that brown nose and so and so every time you look up he's over with the boss hanging out with him. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Kissing up to him for no reason. You know, he already mm-hmm. got the job, got the promotion, everything, but he's still kissing up. Mm-hmm. He's still kissing up to the boss. Or you know, and, and guess what? When he signs when he finds somebody over the boss, he'll kiss up to them. You know, right. and so I look at this guy as he he's that guy that was kissing up to Daniel Snyder so much till really his teammates got to the point where they couldn't stand him. And it got Absolutely. to the point where even the fans saw that he was uh, a teacher's pet or he was a mm-hmm. brown nose or he was just a kiss up. You know what I mean? And we didn't like oh, it. Yeah. And we turned against him. We almost turned against him. Even people that liked him started not liking him because of the way he handled situations. And so I, I think... I, now, I will say... It got insulting after a while to listen to the radio shows that I listen to here, uh, the Sports Talk 980 and that, and I listen to them, you know, just criticize him like crazy. Like, if you listen to some of our local radio shows here, they will have you thinking Kirk Cousins was the greatest thing since. No. When I was, and when I'm watching games, so, you know, I'm watching him, they'll talk about how many completions he's having, but I'm looking at, Three and three to six yard rinky dink passes. I think any NFL quarterback should be able to go out there and throw eleven or twelve three to five yard passes without a problem. But over the last couple of games, he finally started going upfield. But again, I think this boy's confidence level and Kirk Cousins, I mean, has to be on a thousand because he got the support of the coaching staff first, and then the rest of that stuff will just fall in line, in my opinion. So. Well, yeah, you know, he you got feel the like support. you got back up from your coach and the fans, it goes a long way. And slowly but surely, they started drowning out, you know, the phone calls of people complaining about Robert Griffin not getting the same type of leeway, I guess, as Kirk Cousins got. So, hey. you know, I understand why they left him in there. There's no reason to keep losing games to make a point, and that's clearly what I think Gruden was prepared to do. And from a financial standpoint... The Redskins have nothing to gain by Robert playing, getting hurt, and then they would still have to give him something like fifteen or sixteen million dollars. So and Kirk Cousins was on the hook. Right. You know, Kirk Cousins doesn't have a contract. Well, he's he's still playing on the, on his original contract. Robert Griffin right. and Kirk Cousins came in the same time. You know, mm-hmm. um, now when we look at it, Kirk Cousins has developed into a much better NFL quarterback because he is what we need in the NFL, a pocket passer. The guy can't run that good, so he has Mm -hmm. to use all of his elements. He's that guy that can find the second receiver. Robert Griffin has trouble finding the second receiver. And I said it on this show, and I'll say it again, man. Robert Griffin, his eyes ain't all of that straight. You understand what I'm saying? And when you you look at guys when their eyes ain't all of that straight, it's hard for them to find that second receiver, man. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, you look at they you look talk at, about him locking on him, locking on one receiver and just saying, "What well, I agree, he did have that problem." And Kirk Cousins has been able to develop into that guy that can see the second and third receiver. Robert Griffin, he never had a chance. He never found the third guy. He was lucky if he found the second guy. 
And that was well, a big difference in his game. And that's what kept him out of the lineup. And that's what made him think that he could outrun defensive ends and linebackers in the NFL. And you cannot do it. Not consistently. You can't. After a while, I, you know, I give credit to those defensive coordinators. I try to explain to my son a lot of times when those defenders make plays, it's the same like an offensive player making plays. They get paid to do their job. So if you're going to put them in a position where it's easier for them to do their job, you know, the offensive coordinator wants you out. But again, yeah. I still go back to getting the opportunity to know, one, I'm going to have some time in the pocket. Two, my coaching staff have some confidence in me. And three, my players are backing me up. Now, I don't think our offensive line was in a position when Robert was there, or at least they looked like it, where they weren't giving him time. Uh, he didn't have no protection, and he did feel like the coach was going to dog him out. And I, I, I absolutely think that. I think if Robert came in there and had all the opportunities that Kirk Cousins is having now, and I mean after his injury, I think uh, you can't get me to believe you go from where that boy was his first and second year in the league to where he is right now. I mean, that's, what they're doing to him now is a financial decision, and I'm telling you, they're not going to get one of those young uh, white star quarterbacks and undress him in the media the way I watch Gruden undress Robert and point out all his deficiencies in this game. I've never seen him do that. I've never seen him undress a second-string or third-string quarterback, the way I watched him undress that boy uh, during the preseason and talking about his progressions in that. And, and, um, I, and I'm going to tell you this, too, though. When, when Rudin came in, he had to make a, a statement in the locker room. And, um, I, and I look at it like, hey, what better statement is there to make than to, make, to turn on that guy that's kissing up to management? You understand what I'm saying? I mean, when oh, he yeah, did that, his team followed him. Uh, I think that. Gruden's mm-hmm. team followed him. I think the mm-hmm. team rallied around him. That was the only rallying point he could have made for that team. Because right. he, Robert Griffin was bigger than the, than the coach. You know right. what I mean? He, he got coaches fired already. Mike Shanahan got fired because of Robert Griffin. You know, and, and, we were, and, and, and Gruden was on the verge of losing his job if he continued Absolutely. to let Robert Griffin do what he was doing. By him actually coming in and basically saying what he said about Robert Griffin, leaving his behind in some preseason games when he, when he shouldn't have, it made mm-hmm. a statement to that locker room. And you look where they are right now. They're in the playoffs. And, and, and we, me and you both know we'd be lying if we said they would have been in the playoffs if Robert Griffin had stayed, if, if Robert Griffin had been quarterback on this team since the beginning of the season. The team wasn't The team didn't support Robert Griffin enough for him to have the leadership of this, to have control of this team. And even Kirk Cousins not being maybe as good as Robert Griffin, he was a better person for the job than Robert Griffin. And that's bad to say. I was going to say, he, he was a better teammate. And a lot of times that is a, a great start in being a better teammate to your team than anything. Like I told you, I, my son played a basketball game tonight. It didn't go the way he wanted in terms of some coaching decisions. And he talked about not playing in their game tomorrow. And what I pressed upon him was not giving up on your teammates, not letting your teammates down. That stuff is important. And somebody didn't tell Robert that, unfortunately. He came into the league thinking he was bigger than bigger than his team. Mm-hmm. 
And you know, and we and we and we gave him a lot of accolades too when he came into the league because he did early, some dynamic things. Way thing. too early, way too early. I don't he, think that brother should have a statue at his school yet. He got a street so. named after him uh, right. somewhere right. near the. Those type things, I think, are relegated for players after, nah, I guess, right, six or seven years, maybe, and when you really, really accomplish something. You know, in your first two years, man, anything can happen, which we see now. Yeah. So, and you know, Kenny, one of the best things I think could happen to Robert is that um, he goes to one of these Dallas teams. You know, maybe mm-hmm. go to Houston, or maybe he mm-hmm. goes to uh, maybe goes to the Dallas Cowboys and sit and back up Tony Romo. That'd be a great position for him to be in. Tony Romo's back up for a year or so. And Tony Romo uh, ain't giving you another full year. Right, and I'm saying, and Tony Romo, we know he doesn't have another full year in him. So it'd be mm-hmm. a good position, and maybe even Philadelphia. That might be a, a good place for him to um, to land. But um, he's going to be a go good to Philadelphia. I think he's going to make a difference somewhere in the league, and and it's not going to be long. I know Washington's probably not going to hold him around after this season, and they're probably no. going to try and trade him. They're not going to um, waive him and just just release him. No, somebody. Well, I'm gonna... under the impression that they are going to release him. I mean, at the end of this year, he's going to get whatever that one-year contract is, and they, I believe they're going to release him. I don't even think they're going to have to trade him. I think they'll just release him. If they were going to trade him, they would do it now, but no team would touch him right now because of all that money Washington's going to have to pay him. Right. I mean, that's the only reason. Nobody wanted him during this last year, and they're going to wait until the end of the year. And I agree. I hope he does well somewhere else. I, you know, I don't want to see any of those guys do poorly for the most part, unless you're just blatant jerks. And I didn't think he was a blatant jerk, at least not to the media, but he definitely was to his teammates, so I don't see that. You know, there's, there's no turn in that corner. Let me ask you a question. Do you okay. think um, to his team... He was a blatant jerk, and and I and I say this because I really think his teammates thought he was that blatant jerk that we talk about. Because I saw this guy take some some crucial licks, man, and these big guys would walk right past him and not even look not at lick, not up. even put a hand down to <laughs> yeah. help him up, man. Yeah, he I, had to I, be I think that jerk. You had to be because I, I'll tell you this: I never heard. Usually, you hear little mumblings when they make substitutions or if a guy's holding out, you hear little mumblings from the team that the coaches need to make this right or need to hurry up and help so-and-so come back. I didn't hear any of that for this boy. I mean, obviously the fans on the outside, but in terms of things coming from the team, I never heard any of those rumors at all where people were coming to his defense, and I think that speaks volumes. I, I, I would agree with you. And um and the sixteen point two million dollars for um, two thousand sixteen is not guaranteed to Robert. Okay. And for the fifteenth for the two thousand fifteen season he earned three point three million dollars. But when he signed this contract he got thirteen point eight million dollars guaranteed in a signing bonus. See, and in the event he would have got hit and injured, I think, this year, he would have got all that money. No, he got that signing. When he signed his name, he got the thirteen point eight million. Now he oh, and then okay. he was guaranteed seven point three million over four years. Now, it, but that but that was part of like a forty million dollar contract. Now, so okay. Robert, Robert, and, and we all know none of the money is guaranteed in, in football, except mm-hmm. the signing bonus. And he got thirteen point eight million for signing. 
you know, so he's already set. And let's see what he does with um, with his money. But I really think Robert Griffin has a chance to make one or two more contracts um, in the NFL. Well, if he learns anything, because athletically, he you know, he's, he has it. I don't think he's a dumb dude, even though he made some poor decisions. So I'm sure he, can t- he should be able to take this as a hell of a learning experience. I was just telling a guy recently, I remember Marcus Allen when the Raiders refused to play him that last year. And he got, yeah. you know, he was traded to Kansas City or signed with Kansas City. He had a healthy year under his belt with no injury and no, wasn't battered and bruised and that. And he had an outstanding year when he got back with Kansas. So I'm hoping Robert is able to do that. And he's not nearly as old as Marcus was, you know, when that happened to Marcus Allen. So hopefully he'll have that type of turnaround. And I'm, I'm a fan. You know, I, I enjoy watching him play at Baylor. I enjoy watching him play his first couple of years at Washington. I wasn't a Mike Shanahan fan either, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, but I think in terms of Gruden with the team he has now, you know, he's obviously, when he has a quarterback that he likes, he does well, I guess, because they turned it around a little bit. Now, the NFC East is so sorry right now. He had, Somebody had to win it, and fortunately, it was him. So we'll see how they do when the when well, that division is strong again, I guess. We, we will see, and you're right. That that division is, is super weak this year. When we look at the Giants playing like they're playing and Philadelphia, mm-hmm. really, Chip Kelly just waiting to go back to college. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think this, that division is not a very good one at all. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Kenny, before, before I let you go, this thing with Robert Griffin, uh, I'm a fan of Robert, Robert as well. Uh, I think he got off to a bad start, and I think if he can get a fresh start, I think he's learned some valuable lessons, and I really think it's going to make a big difference in his career. And I really see him being that Jim Plunkett kind of guy, man, that guy that comes mm-hmm. goes to another team after winning the Heisman Trophy, um, wins a Super Bowl, or maybe even two, because I think humility has to have set in by now, and it definitely is going to make a big difference if he can come back with another team, get a fresh start, and show some humility, man. Makes a big right. difference. Yep. Let's and Kenny... In passing, look at Russell Wilson, who was able... In college, he was scrambling, running, and passing. He's become one of the most prolific pocket quarterbacks over the last, what, seven or eight games? He's doing yeah. outstanding. So I don't want to hear anything about all we can do is scrambling through it. That boy is in the pocket throwing some frozen darts and looking outstanding. So... I like yes, to see Robert is. trying to yes. pick up where he le- and while being a, a humble man. I agree. And Kenny, check this out. Russell Wilson had a great game yesterday, but did you see that lick that he took late in the game when he did run the ball? Yep. And where he yep. did fumble? <laughs> that's why these guys cannot run the ball. And if you looked at him when he when he got up, his eyes was a little shaky, man. Yeah, they I were mean, glassy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm telling you, you know, he probably he's probably on the concussion protocol right now. We just don't know it. You know, these guys mm-hmm. cannot run the ball, continue to run the ball, man, and think that it's going to be a safe safe habit to have in the NFL. Hey, Kenny, want you hold through? Hey, guys, you listen to Sports Info on the Voice America Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice 
America's Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, and welcome back to Sports Info UM. We got Mr. Freeman on the line. What's going on, Mr. Freeman? Hey, man, you the man. You the man. Tell me what's going on with that. Philadelphia Eagles defense last night. What, what was that? What's the deal there? Well, you know, I've said this on the show many times, and um, I'm going to tell you how it is, Mr. Freeman. Chip Kelly is just hiding out in professional football until he can get back to college. You understand what I'm saying? He's probably, he, may, he, he may stay one more year, and then he'll be taking that Texas job. You know what I'm saying? You think so? Yeah, he'll, he, he's going back to one of the big powerhouses in college football real soon. R- real he soon. Gonna knock, he going to knock your boy off in Texas? Hey, um, I, I think so. Mm. I, 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 and, and that's just, you know, we, and we like to start rumors around here. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? You know, yeah. we, we we like to do that. That's, that's one of the things we, we do here is we, we start some rumors. And it might be LSU. You know, you, you just never know. But it's going to be some big-time college program. And um, I think that's that's what we're going to see. What about all them top-flight players, man, that Chip released there last year? Hey. Just, drop, just dropped them, man. And uh, I couldn't understand that. Hey, and and wh- who could understand that? And, 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 and after all of that... Um, he keeps he keeps this kid from University of Florida. 
You yeah. know, yeah. yeah, you know, that dropped the racial slurs, you know, come on. I, I think that sent a bad message to his locker room. And, you know, oh, we were certainly. just talking about, we, we were just talking about um, um, how, what a bad message that RG3 sent to his locker room by being such a brown noser to his coach. Oh, and I think man. when, oh, I, think, man. It, I really think that hurt him and it hurt the morale of his team. I think so too. I think so too. Particularly last year, when he, uh, I, I guess he sort of, he, he sucked up to Dan Snyder too much. So and much. Dan, Dan Snyder, uh, I don't know. He tried to protect him prolifically. I don't think that Dan was really, even with Shanahan. I, I think Dan Snyder was putting RG three in a bind there. You know, having them over for dinner and that kind of thing. I mean, players sort of look at that thing critically, man. Yeah, they do. Yeah, 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 yeah they do. Yep. And and I think a lot of guys looked at him with the crooked eye. You know, when he's he riding up to the game in the limo with the owner. Come on, Understand, man. Oh man, that's, that that doesn't send a good message at all. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And 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 like I said earlier, I really think that. Um, that uh, Gruden had to send a message to his team and show show the leadership, show who exactly. is in charge, and that's yeah. why he did what he did to Robert. And uh, and I think when you look at it, his plan worked out. It saved his job, and the Redskins are in the playoffs. There you go. There you go. Well, as bad as bad as that division is, <laughs> they're in the playoffs. They're in the yep. playoffs. They're in the yep. playoffs. How do you feel about them coaching, man? You think it might be been. A few positions open next year? In the NFL? At the end of the season? Yeah. You know, um, th- this this guy Patton for um, the Cleveland Browns, he just got the okay that he's going to keep his job. But they're going to get rid of the uh, of the um, the general manager. Mm. And, um, and you know, I, I, I have no problem with them uh, getting rid of the general manager. But when we look at it... Um, He's one of the few um, things that's close to a general manager uh, in the NFL that's that's a black man. You understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and so it, 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 he's taking a fall for this, and um, and this is the same guy that um, that took the fall last year when they said that that someone was sending messages, text messages down to Patton during the game. From yeah, the press yeah. box, remember that, and yeah, they I put it on, that. and he was the person that took the blame for that. Oh, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, and you know, good and well that he was not sending text messages of what kind of, and um, to to the Cleveland Browns coach. No, so no, I think no. he's going to keep his job. Um, I'm not sure the Jacksonville Jaguars um, coach is going to keep his job. I think he's on the borderline, right on the cusp of there. He just might go too. He yeah, just might go. Yeah. And and but we and go ahead. Somebody seemed to be holding on to Marvin Lewis though. Marvin Lewis got an inroad out there somewhere, man. And and I you thought, know he he has the longest tenure, uh, second longest behind Belichick in the NFL. He does. He does. Yes. Yes. He and does. and how how many years did we hear about him um, holding on to his job? Or he should be losing his job. You he know can't what I mean? Make it to the promised land. I, I don't know, but they hold on to him. They hold on to him, yeah. and, and you never know. Um, 
Uh, they lost uh, Andy Dalton. We still don't know the outcome of what's going to be with Andy Dalton uh, and exactly. his thumb injury uh, that that he's dealing with. You know, and and Jeff Fisher, a guy that every time you look up, he's on the verge of losing his job. Yeah, yeah, jumping <laughs> around. Jeff can always land on his feet somehow. Right. And I think he's going to be there, though. I don't think he's going to lose his job. But oh, um, no. I think I think um, the guy Peyton in, um, in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, with Saints. I think he's I think he's he's kind of towards britches there enough. And he's kind of outlasted himself there at that job. And I think it's about time for him to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's. I think he's gonna be out of there. I think yeah, he's gonna be out of there. What was the deal there with uh, your boy there with the uh, Giants? The suspension <laughs> there. You know, Odell Beckham. Yeah. He, he lost his mind, and you, you know how you get so mad at somebody. You just you, you probably when you were young, you, you know, you you probably got so mad at somebody that you just just wanted to kill them. Yeah, you weren't even thinking when you when you swung at him. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I yeah, think he yeah. he had, he had a few of those moments. It's all right when you have one and you gather yourself, but when you have six and you can't gather yourself and stop on seven, it's a problem. You know what I mean? And I think the re- I blame the referees for that more than anything because um, they could have. I think they could have done a much better job of uh, of handling that situation. Oh, I think so. I think yeah. so. And I yep. thought uh, Kaufman should have, you know, sat him down and let him get gather his thoughts. Yeah, uh, yeah I think Kaufman could have, you know, brought him over, man, sit him down for a few plays anyway. You know, I'm going to share something with you that I heard today. Um, Kaufman said he was into the game so much that he didn't even understand the next day why were people in such an outrage over what Odell Beckham did. And say the general manager of the team took a, took a six-minute video of all the things that he did during the game and yeah. showed them to, and showed him to Coughlin, and he couldn't believe it. So that's why he didn't say anything during the game. Oh, okay, okay. And I, okay. And I guess his name is probably should be at the top of that list. And not because Coach Coughlin is not a good coach, but I just really think that um, that Father Time has probably caught up with him a little bit. And um, in 19 years' experience in the NFL is more than, uh, more than anybody, but not as many as Jeff Fisher has 20 years, but Coach Coughlin is older than Jeff Fisher, 19 years in NFL. And, co- and, don't, remember, and don't forget, Coach Coughlin took a couple of years off to go and coach Boston College for a few right, years and, right. and made them contenders before coming back and coaching the Giants and winning two Super Bowls. You know, right, so, right. You know, he was down here, down here with Jacksonville. Yeah, and, and that's the last time they had a good team. Exactly, exactly. So but, I, think but that, he, I think time is on Coach Coughlin's um, other side, not on the good side, and I think we're probably seeing the last run for him. This might be it for Coach Coughlin after, the, yeah, after this I think, season. I think yeah. Father Time has caught up with him. Yeah. And I hate yeah. to say that because I think he still could coach a coaching team. And you never know. These NFL teams are desperate. Don't be surprised if, if Philadelphia asks him to come and coach when Chip Kelly leaves. I, I don't know, man. Like you said, man, Coughlin's been around quite a while, man. I think age, age plays a factor. That part of the time is undefeated. He is. Yeah. He is. You know, and, and, uh, 
got to know when to hold and when to fold them, man. So I think the Giants got some players, but uh, I don't know if they've been used properly. I really don't know. I don't know. And, boy, the Eagles just so disappointing to me uh, Saturday night. Man. Yeah. Yeah, they were disappointed. And, you know, and Coach Coughlin, uh, he's coming up on 70. You know, that, that's, that's, that's a ripe old age, you know. And that's, yeah. that, that ain't, this, is not an, this is not a job for – I can't say an old man because I saw a guy coaching for the Cardinals, 81 years old, um, last night. But Coach Coughlin, uh, this, you know, being 70 years old and being in charge of an NFL team, that's, that's, quite, a, that's quite a bit to ask for. But uh, he's done a he's done a heck of a job in his career, and um, and wouldn't surprise me to see him coaching another NFL team in his seventies if he's not with the Giants next year. Because mm-hmm. I'm not counting him out from being with them next year. Well, as you know uh, better than I, but uh, man, I just think Dale that that's a very demanding position. And at 70, man, <laughs> I don't know if you can keep up that pace. I agree. Uh, I, I, that's, I agree. that's a heck of a job, man. Yes, it is. And let me ask you before we go. You know, um, sure. we have a team here in Florida without a coach. You know, the Miami Dolphins. And, and the Dolphins. when was the last time they had a good coach? Don yeah. Shula? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going back to Don Shula. <laughs> yeah, that was in the 80s with Dan Marino. Come You're on. Right. You know, that's the last time they had a good coach because Jimmy Johnson was pretty much burnt out by the time he got to Miami. Oh, sure but he was. Sure who, he was. who are we looking at to to fill that position? It should be open. It is time. open. It's wide open because they're yeah. definitely not bringing this guy Dan Campbell back. No, Campbell can't come back. No, no, no. 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 And they had Todd Bowles as an interim coach at one point before Philbin um, came in and was a oh, coach. Oh, is that right? Yeah, the the New York Jets coach, but uh, yeah, it looked uh, like he's done a good uh, job. Was interim at one time. At one point, at one point, he was an interim coach for. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't think of the guy's name, but he was not a good coach when he was with the Dolphins. But um, I think you know Gruden's name keeps coming up, but I don't think we're going to see Coach Gruden on the sidelines. No, I don't think so either. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I think no. Gruden is very comfortable where he is. I think he is too. I think he's very I think comfortable. He is too. And but I think the Dolphins have to get somebody with a big name. Um, I mean they they have to get they they have to get the Bill Parcells of coaching. You know what I mean? They can't mm-hmm. go out and get a a Dan Campbell, somebody that we don't know, have never heard of. You know this guy down there in in um, in Miami, their new owner is real Hollywood kind of guy. Uh, he really wants a big time. He he wants this team to be compared to the the Giants and the and the Cowboys and the old Dolphins, you know. So I think we're getting ready to see some big time changes in in Miami, and uh, some things are going to change down there. Yeah, I hope he gets a heavyweight in there, but like I said, it's got to be a big name. Oh yeah, and I think and I know it will be a, a big name. But hey, before we let you go. Um, do you think Cam Newton is going to have enough to, to finish the race and be the NFL MVP? And who so. do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? Now, I, I can't go that far yet. Okay. But I think I think Cam is, he should have the show in for the MVP. 
in spite of that loss yesterday. I think I don't see anybody beating them out, man. I don't see anybody beating them out. But well, just don't know how that fan base is going to vote, man. You know, it's a lot of uh, talk now about um, Carson Palmer um, creeping up on the MVP. Yeah, at, yeah, I heard yeah, I saw at, that. At 36 years old. Um, yeah, I saw that in the paper yesterday. It's going to be kind of tough. I really think Cam Newton is a shoe-in for the MVP. And uh, before we go, deserving. before we go, I have to comment and I have to say something about this Peyton Manning and the HGH situation. Oh, you know what I mean? Hey, yeah, and Peyton Manning said that's his wife's personal medical information and he feels appalled that her personal medical information has gotten out. And she was taking some stuff to make her younger. And, hey, I saw the woman on, on, a, uh, on, on the Internet. She's cute, and she's good looking. Hey, if that stuff works, hey, you know, my aunt said if, if the house need a paint job, give it a paint job. Give it the a woman paint need job. a little makeup on, put a little makeup on. You know, Why whatever not? make you look good. Right. So, hey. Hey, uh, Mr. Freeman, thanks for calling Sports Central. I enjoy talking with you, Daryl. All right, hey, and I'll see you Thursday night. All right, and don't be a stranger. Give us a call every I Monday night from 8 to 9 o'clock. We'll see you. I got Hey, guys, got thanks, thanks for listening to Sports Info UM. We'll see you next week with more sports information, more playoffs, and less. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.